Welcome everyone to the Purpose Hangtime podcast. Is your host Leo McFarlane and my co-host Ricky Pai. And today we have another external guest, more feminine energy to whet the appetite and more stories, more shooting the breeze in typical Purpose Hangtime fashion. So today I've got my good friend, confidant Natalie, who is going to talk us through, plus give us a little bit of information regarding her ex and the realization of Nap's relationship theory realized so before i go into what nap's relationship theory is natalie would you like to give a brief introduction to our audience hello everyone my name's natalie i've been a long time listener since the pilot episode of the purpose hang time series and yeah. need to share my experience with you all yeah so thank you very much nat and it's a pleasure to have you on today's episode despite all the technical difficulties it's taken for us to get here. But yes, we are here. So, Nap's relationship theory. So we are going to be talking about your relationship with your ex and when you knew it was time to just call it a day. And essentially, from our discussion back then, I think it was December time, 2022, after we recorded our sixth episode, you can correct me if you if I am wrong, Ricky, our sixth episode, which was based on Nat's relationship theory. Now, what's interesting about this episode is we did it in two parts. And it's probably the least listened to episode <laughs> of our repertoire of 16 episodes so far. Now, why was so much that? theory? Was it, too much theory. Yeah, it, it was too, too, much, too much psychology. We thought that we were, you know, we had our, our PhDs and our doctorates in psychology, and we thought we could really be the, the mm. historians when it came to it. But ultimately, that wasn't the direction we wanted to go down. But one, there was one avid listener by the name of Natalie, of course, I guess, who listened to it and was like, you know what, this relates to me. And I think that's what's important when it comes to resonating with an audience is okay, the stories and information that we're portraying, does it relate to them or not? So without further ado, I'm going to go through Nap's relationship theory just very, very quickly, and then we're going to get down to the actual questions that we're going to go through for this interview, this candid interview. So Nap's relationship theory was devised by Mark Knapp in the 1970s, and it's a model that's widely used to understand the dynamics of interpersonal relationships. So Main purpose of purpose hang time, we talk about familial, we talk about the romantic, and we talk about the platonic relationships. How do they develop and how do they dissolve? And that is what natural relationship theory mainly focuses on. So if we think of it this way, five steps going up and five steps going down. The five steps going up when it comes to natural relationship theory is relationship development. So it starts off with the initiating. The, the first time you meet someone, you are mentally going through the idea of, you know what, is this a relationship that I want to go forward with? The Like in terms of the societal norms, do we vibe? You know, it's all that sort of thing initially. Then you get to the experimenting phase. You've really given up the number or you've, you've decided to really, really talk with this person or you see them in the canteen often. The reason why I say canteen is because that alludes to something I'm going to go through a bit later. So... It could be the canteen where you've met up and it's like, you know what? I really, really like this person. Let's intensify this relationship. So this is where you then become, there's uh, an establishment of the mutual awareness of the relationship. And you then start to drop down the ground rules. Oh, this is what I like doing. This is what I have as a boundary when it comes to this relationship. The next step, because we're continuously intensifying, is the integrating. 
you then start to establish identity as a social unit. So this is where, let's say in a romantic relationship, you'll then start to say to friends and family, this is my other half, this is my partner, et cetera, et cetera. And now it's become socially known. And then you reach the peak of the stairs. So when you reach the landing, when it comes to relationship development, which is known as the bonding stage. And this is where you formally, formally establish that relationship through a public ritual. And when I say public ritual, it's, it's the case where you're now consolidated as a couple or you're consolidated as friends or you, you reach that peak in terms of where you are as a family. And this can always refer back to our older episodes, shameless plugs out there when it comes to communication, when it comes to accountability and all the other bits and pieces that we have spoken about on this podcast. So we're at the top of the stairs right now. What about when it comes to relationship dissolution? What happens when it comes to that? So two people are two different identities. So you've got the bonding, but then you've also got the differentiation. So this is where, let's say, for example, I like building computers. You like riding a bike and cycling. I don't like that. We, we, these are two separate things that we enjoy doing. And normally when it comes to a relationship, you kind of bounce around at the bonding and differentiating. But when it starts to come to the breakdown, this is where we start to go down the stairs. So the next step going down, circumscribing. You start to make that psychological distance by sharing less information and avoiding certain topics with the other half. We've all been there where you're like, hmm, you know what, we, we, we've got some differences and I don't want to rock the boat a bit. Let me not say anything. And this is where you start to break down in terms of your relationship. The next step, which I am fully aware of, I've had it in terms of the divorce, in terms of all the other stories that we've heard of in here before, the stagnation avoiding the communication or talking about your partner's flaws and we all have flaws you know so this is where things start to happen disagreements the big disagreements start to happen and you just start to break down as a couple and normally when you get to the stagnation and the next step which is avoiding there's not really a way of coming back so the step after the stagnation is avoiding and this is literally where you have that physical distance so now it's no longer psychological it's now physical you no longer want to be around that person too much or you try to make excuses to not be around that person and then the final step which is the terminating where you've decided you know what it's time to put up the boundaries completely i no longer want to be around this person remember this is romantic this is platonic and this is also with the, fam the familial ties as well and normally when you get to that part you clarify the expectation of the future whether you want to continue to have that person connected, but not connected in the same way. So to finalize all the steps of natural relationship theory, this can, these steps normally go in a logical fashion, up, cross, down, but then you can spend a lot of time in individual steps as well. So shameless plug, I'll make sure that in the episode, we will have that episode linked below. So with that, we're going to focus now on our guest, probably pointing in the wrong direction. So, Nat, we're going to talk about the ex. Do you want him to be named or her to be named in any other particular fact, any other fashion, or do you want to just keep him as or her as the ex? Just to make sure you're X comfortable with this. That's cool. So let's go with that. So the first question, how did you two meet? So we met um, at my old workplace. And we have a shared uh, restaurant canteen area. 
and uh, it's all shared tables and we happen to sit on the same table and I spoke to him because he um, brought his lunch in from home and he had one of those self-insulated bowls and it was stuffed full with rice and beef and fresh lime and eggs and it was just it just looked so tasty but mm, do I speak to him do I not I really want to know what he's eating uh, purely the focus was food um and I did and we ended up chatting the lunch hour away talking about travel and um hobbies and things like that and um and I guess yeah uh, the friendship really started from that point so with that you would say the main attraction factor food obviously the person bought in his bits and pieces it looked like it was going to be a sumptuous lunch and you're like let me just let me let me ask a few questions so were there any other attraction factors when it came to this individual and what were the green flags what what were the things that you really really attuned to uh, well, I will say that when we did meet, I was not in the mental space uh, to even fathom a relationship. I just wasn't in that zone at all. Mm. But he definitely won me over because he was an incredible gentleman. He was very polite, mm. um, well-spoken. He was very consistent, whether it's putting time aside for us to spend together or plan something ahead. So we kind of just continuously built off of this friendship that that progressed into into something more um and yeah he was intelligent he was funny um but i would say he I, he was had very good strong values and um and knew how to treat people and that was all green flags for me good stuff so yeah i, I know i can talk from my perspective when it did come to your ex he definitely was a gentleman like when i met him for the first time um great guy good conversation spoke about a few pretty interesting topics um yeah and literally it was it definitely seemed like a good fit for you at the, at, the, at that particular time even though okay i guess in terms of our friendship we weren't at the level that we are today so i guess the next question will be were so where did it go wrong were there any creeping suspicions when it came to this individual? Because it, this sounds like a great origin story to begin with. Sounds like a Hollywood romance. Or the start of a Hollywood romance. <laughs> Very true. It did feel like that. And I would say initial doubts started to creep in because um, I guess quite early on what happened naturally was that he met quite a, um, a lot of my close circle my friends, my family. So he was exposed to my personal life. Um, and and he was he was well received and that was nice. But I started to feel a separation because that wasn't reciprocated from his side. And really actually from quite early on, I was emotionally um holding back. And that was a conscious decision because I was like, mm, how much of myself do I how much of myself do I let be vulnerable in this relationship? Let me wait to see, you know, if he if he's going to show me something more or, or bring me in into the fold. And that's not something I wanted to to force, um, you know, something that people need to do when they're ready. But for me, I think it, that took too long. And um, and in many ways, I think that kind of stunted it from the beginning. Did he, uh, did he give reasons why he wasn't? 
um, ready to kind of bring you into his circle or? Um, yeah, I would say some of the, some of it, I guess, would be um, perhaps some cultural differences. He was from an Asian background mm -hmm. and I guess traditionally, um, you know, you would introduce someone to your parents when you're kind of at marriage stage rather than we're dating mm -hmm. phase. Is, uh, which is uh, understandable, um, but I think for me there was never a goal post of, you know, when we date for six months, when we date for a year, uh, perhaps this integration will happen. It was kind of one day, one day, one day. And I thought, well, that could be one year, that could be six years. I don't really know. <laughs> so I didn't know where I stood in terms of that. Yeah. I've got an extra question to that. Was there any, what a trend, was it? Were you transparent with where you wanted the relationship to go once you realized you wanted to be in a relationship? I know you said earlier you were not in the headspace to say, okay, this is where we should be. Um, sorry, can you repeat the question? Yeah, no worries. So in terms of the transparency of what the goal was to be, do you feel that you both were transparent about what you wanted from the relationship from the beginning? Um, to be honest, I was going with the flow as I wasn't expecting mm. to be in a relationship. Um, mm. But I was, I was happily going with the flow. And I think he, he had a strong view and was often verbalizing, oh, I see us progressing and just going further and further. But in actual terms of, I mean, that, that was kind of it. It was kind of, okay, we, yeah. I see us progressing. Mm -hmm. We'll carry on as we are. So there was nothing kind of concrete or physical mm -hmm. goals working towards. It was just, we are progressing together. And at some point, I guess we will go on to other things or do other things. Yeah, you both, were, you both, you enjoyed each other's company and essentially, yeah, no, that's, that, that makes a lot of sense. So now my next question for you, Oh, you going to say Sam? Nope. <laughs> my next um, question for you is, yeah, go on. Um, I was going to say that um, uh, one thing to note was that um, within the first uh, five months of our relationship, we were then hit with the COVID pandemic. So that did uh, mm. affect um, actually some aspects of that because we couldn't meet, we couldn't, integrate and socialize in normal ways so that was yeah. also a factor yeah so it added some extra strain mm -hmm. to what was already well what wasn't consolidated but it, it just made everything so much more difficult when it came to the, the normal parameters of what would be required for a relationship so during mm -hmm. that time how did you communicate with him how did you did you still manage to try and meet up virtually or anything uh, only we didn't meet physically everything was virtual so we had daily um mm -hmm. facetimes um yeah long conversations we'd, we'd talk kind of all throughout the days and you know that but we, mm -hmm. we also didn't have, have the same schedules either um mm -hmm. so that was a night that was a nice way for us to keep in touch yeah so it seems like you both did put in the word then so no, that definitely sounds good to hear so yeah, so with that, Natalie, and obviously you're talking about work and we're also talking about Nap's relationship theory. What is your understanding of Nap's relationship theory? 
And talk me through that time where it really resonated with you. Well, prior to um, listening to that episode, um, Mm. I had knowledge of natural relationship theory. And I remember the day I was listening to the podcast on my way to work, um, just enjoying it and, yeah, um, getting to grips with this new concept of how a relationship grows and then falls apart. And you were talking through different stages and then I kind of stopped in the middle of the street um, because I was like, oh, uh, I'm kind of in a bit of a panic because I realised I was (laughs) on the, um, I guess, on the fringes of the steps going down to the relationship falling down because I realised I was probably at the avoidant stage, stagnation stage. Um, and it wasn't until that I'd heard someone else verbalize that I was like, hang on, this, this is what I'm doing right now. Um, so that was kind of my first, um, warning bell to tell me that something isn't right here. Yeah, no, it's, it's great to know that when, when we search up a specific theory, don't do it as much now, but just knowing that. We, get, we there are definitely key nuggets of information that our audience do grasp from what we do say because there are some times where you're sitting there thinking oh is this the right is this the right topic to talk about and then yeah you get amazing responses such as this so yeah no thank you very much now so i'm going to next talk about the turning point so what and they're very interesting i don't know how this even happened or how it manifested but we both were in Mexico at the exact same time, the beginning of 2022. And it's quite crazy how that even happened, even down to more or less the same dates. It was your first holiday with this significant other. And I was out there. I think I just want, I just needed some headspace. I just needed a trip. Uh, my meant to me and my cousin out there as well. And it was like, Nat, how how are you out here at the scene? And I remember uh, that particular time as well, we've been the first trip, you both seemed happy, but then there also seemed like there was some sort of, there was a barrier of some sort. And I remember pointing to a specific picture. I know you remember that picture, bless you again. Um, and I remember saying, there's a gap between you guys when there's a picture being taken with the two of you and you're a couple. So in Mexico, what did you find out about this significant other? It was a trip where our differences were definitely highlighted. And I celebrate differences, but I think being in a relationship, you also have to overcome differences um, to find Mm -hmm. a good, you know, a happy medium for you both. And um, I, I did actually struggle because our personalities are quite different. I'm very like to go with the flow, go with the adventure of a holiday, like let's lost, let's let's just take the day as it comes. Whereas he was very structured and rigid and was like, we're going to do this at this time, that at that time, we're going to get this bus, not that bus. And we're going to get there at this time and oh. we're not going to be. Um, and for me, I was like, oh, no, let's that's let's go with the flow. Um, so we kind of did wrestle with each other, you know, because I guess we both had different ideas of, you know, what a holiday mm-hmm. looks like. Um, and, um, yeah, I did feel frustrated <laughs> some days. But, yeah. um, but on the whole, we did have a good trip together. Mm-hmm. 
do you, on that trip, how did you kind of express your frustrations towards him? I mean, did you guys um, get into like mini arguments or was it kind of like, you know, needed some time um, separate from each other a little bit or? Um, yeah, I think I did. I did have just have to have to verbalize and just have a have a little a few little outbursts because um, mm. I think that was another thing with our communication. I don't think that he read um, physical cues, um, behavioral cues right. as well. So I think it quite often gets to a point where I literally have to tell you I'm feeling this right now because you've just done that um and that was also something that for me was a barrier to overcome because i'm used to a lot of my close friends family just picking up on small little cues um so yeah we did we did have a few exchange words but we kind of agreed or came to a compromise on them um, mm. on something um yeah we, we didn't spend any any time apart to to cool off or anything um it's all settled locally yeah so it's amicable mm. Yeah. How long was the trip? Out of interest. The trip was just about just under two weeks. Just under two weeks. Okay, so yeah, that's definitely quite a lot of time for you to really know what someone is like individually. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. so would you then say that, that trip was the saving grace for you to make a decision on what the future of that relationship was going to hold? I don't think I understand I your question. So what I'm asking is, do you think that it gave you all the knowledge you needed to know for where the relationship was going to go? Um, that's a good question. It it didn't give me all the knowledge that I needed, but it confirmed um, a few, mm. you know, thoughts and feelings that I had prior it highlighted it magnified everything you know especially when you're away together um and I thought oh this is what you know it, you know you kind of think about different situations if, if we're like this on holiday what's it going to be like if we you know take those steps and actually move out together or you know yeah. go on another trip or if we want to live abroad um how can I can I live like this you know you kind of ask yourself mm. these questions um so it definitely confirmed a few things, but there was nothing. I didn't come away from that holiday thinking like we, we definitely we need to break up. It was just you know a bit of a reality check. <laughs> yeah, I guess. No, that makes plenty of sense because yeah, when it comes to any sort of long, anything more than a week, you will see the person's bad habits. You would see the good things you will see where you two could work as a team. And I think that, it, as you stated quite well, this is where you get to understand, okay, can we work in sync? And are your habits not, are they tolerable enough for me to actually continue with this? Is it going to be a bugbear for the rest of the time that I'm with you? And I think this is where, yeah, we need to make decisions on whether we do want someone for, a long period of time and this could obviously as i said to the audience before this could also be utilized in terms of family as well plenty of cousins that you can go on holiday with but if they have specific attributes that really put your guard up or make you feel unsafe it then makes you think the second time hmm, would i want to go on holiday with this person again yeah 
So, yeah. And then on the topic of family, what did your family think of your ex? Um, they really uh, enjoyed him. He was a lovely um, person. Um, could be quite silly, quite jokey, a bit quirky in, in his own way. Um, uh, I, I do think sometimes they, <laughs> they did find him a little strange in his own way, maybe because of the... Um, <laughs> situational behavioral reading <laughs> um mm. but, but no they both really um enjoyed and liked his company yeah. good stuff okay yeah. during this time how, how, oh, important, how important was uh to, to have the validation of your kind of your family um and friends about this about this guy how important was that to you um i think it is massively important i think it's it is also important to stay independent you know to to what you want to to whoever i mean that that generally you know even if if people are against certain choices um mm. but i think actually um it's it's very important because these people are like are, are your echo chamber and you kind of feel even 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 if they are disproving you know it might be little comments or you know certain body language um you know that you're just aware that perhaps hmm, i'd rather maybe not uh, my family member be associated with this person um so i think i think it is important in a lot of friendships and relationships that your um circle do approve and um and get on board but also important that they echo to you as my circle did to me, you know, and mm -hmm. help me question this, is this the right situation for me? As lovely as this person is, you're not your best you right now in it. Um, and that's something that mm. they also help me kind of reckon with and reconcile with. Which is great, a great answer because you essentially answered my next question as well <laughs> about who was there for you as an emotional soundboard. But yeah, it's always important to get different sides of the story, get family members, friends. When it does come to any potential relationship or whilst in a relationship, listen to what their outlet is. Listen to what their comments are on your partner. Generally, if they are picking up a positive vibe, they will let you know, but then also in the same way, when there's a negative vibe, they will let you know as well, but probably in a very, it'll be packaged in a different way. And, uh, and I, I totally agree, you know, in, especially when you're in a certain situation um, and you're, you know, one of the involved parties in there, you may have kind of your blindfolds on, right? So you may not see exactly the full picture. Whereas if you have uh, some external eyes or external ears, you know, advising you be like well you know you're you're in this moment now and you're in the situation right now but from us from the outside looking in we can see more of the picture as well so like you said now i think it's very important to 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 have those echo chambers which i think is a brilliant term actually i couldn't have phrased it better myself uh, <laughs> agreed yeah <laughs> so now the end when thanks for sharing about the little bits and pieces regarding your story with your ex but when it came to the end of the relationship when was enough enough what if you want to talk us through what that looked like yeah i think um hmm 
So that trip uh, to Mexico, um, I was just thinking back on our on the, our timeline. So our relationship mm. kind of lasted just under 12 months more from that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that that year was very tough for me. And I think some deciding factors was that I found as supportive as he was in so many of his ways, I couldn't, he wasn't an emotional support for me, which was um, Mm. a very big thing because he was a person I spoke to most. um, And I would sometimes feel quite isolated because I felt he couldn't understand or put himself in my shoes or, or quite, quite understand certain things that were going on in my life. And I felt that I needed that from a partner. Um, so I found that kind of year tough and I guess maybe that's one example where separation perhaps started because maybe I would I wouldn't talk to him about my day because I wasn't getting any any uh, solace from it any feeling any better um, and things like that Um, and I think I started to have these you know little microaggressions and frustrations you mentioned communication earlier our communication styles were quite different um, he would like to communicate very frequently every day, whereas for me, I'm more let's kind of wind down and talk at the end of the day when we've both got mental space and time to actually listen to one another, whereas he preferred mm. to pop in and out. Um, that would aggravate me because it was like a constant, you know, loop and I would do it because that's what he liked. So I was like, let me try and compromise. But then actually I would find myself being snappy and and and. Yeah because my time and energy is being sucked in a way that is not good for me. Um, But how it came to the end, I guess. Um, Oh, um, yeah, I guess throughout that year, we just spent what I consciously kind of spent more time apart. I was focusing on some projects, some home renovations. So I I realised I was kind of using that as an excuse to... I need some time to to plan this. I need some time to do that. And I need alone time yeah. to think, which my personality is quite like that anyway, but I was doing that even more so just to have more time that to, to steal for myself. Um and um and yeah, eventually it just it just felt like this this isn't working because the interaction felt more bothersome for me and I felt weight weighed down by the expectation. Yeah. Um and yeah. I guess. Did you did you kind of feel towards the end that his energy was coming that of um, more and more clingy? Um, that's, that's a good question. Um, I would um, I would agree to a certain extent because I think you know sometimes when you're you're after something and you don't get it, so you kind of more aggressively chase. Yeah. Um, chase something and I guess I was being a bit more avoidant and even more so you know he wanted to communicate even more so there was that element where it kind of did feel like he was chasing me to talk or to catch up or or to do things and plan things and I was just being evasive um not really knowing how to deal with what I was feeling but then also feeling overwhelmed by (laughs) the chasing um Mm. yeah do you feel with the way how he was in the relationship, it was due to lack of relationship experience? Yes. 
Yes. Yeah, I do. Um, and I think um, prior to our relationship, which was three and a half years, um, his longest relationship was about um, eight, eight to nine months. Um, and I think uh, in comparison, I'd been in longer relationships and I'd had time to, I guess, solidify who I am, not just by myself, but when I'm in a relationship and how I like to communicate. And um, he was very accommodating, which on one hand was nice, but on the other hand, it was it was uh, also aggravating because just you know, if we had a conflict, he'd want to smooth smooth over it. And I felt he would he would do these things because that's what you're meant to do when you have an argument. You're meant to reconcile. You're meant to to come together and not argue. And, and sometimes, you know, I kind of want to fight or I need to, you know, express myself. <laughs> and he'd yeah. want to, no, no, we're not fighting. We're not doing that because that's not what people do in relationships. Um, so I think he had this kind of one note of what you need to do yeah. a dilemma what you should do to keep your partner happy and that was another thing with communication I think he felt like when your relationship you're meant to speak to your partner five six seven times a day um but in reality it doesn't work for everyone and it, it kind of comes back to when you had the uh the trip in Mexico right where you think where you said he was very organized and he liked to plan everything and it kind of sounds like he was just going through a mental checkbox in his mind okay yeah. so in order to defuse his argument I'm just gonna make sure tick tick this box tick this box tick this box whereas like you said then that you your person that likes to kind of read the situation and kind of go with the flow so yeah I think he you know just didn't get you from that aspect yeah, yeah, I agree, Ricky. And it seemed like a checkbox rather than let me listen to what my partner actually wants. Yeah. Yeah. And I think guys sometimes do this thing. I can kind of say I've done this as well, where you try yeah, to fix a situation. When the situation doesn't require fixing, it just requires you to just listen to your partner, hear what he or she has to say and then leave it at that, and then they will come to you when they are ready. Exactly. And I think understanding that style, whether that's attachment style, we've got an episode for that. <laughs> whether it's communication, we've got an episode for that too. Whether it's accountability, it's one of those things where you really have to listen to your partner to really refine that connection. So, yeah. So, when it came to the dissolution, that how was it emotionally? Were you distraught were you did you just did you just end amicably and you were both happy with the end solution um I wouldn't say it was amicable it was more one-sided um mm. and uh, the decision came from me uh for me I think I'd worked through and wrestled with you know um the idea of the end of the relationship for a long time and I think I'd known it was the right decision for a long time but it was hard to to take that step and I didn't want to make a decision that I would regret but once I did make the decision it was very freeing and easy for me because it was like a weight had been lifted um, the expectations someone else's expectations of you that that had been lifted 
um, and I didn't realize how bogged down like mentally and emotionally that I was until mm. I kind of just had space just to breathe um, yeah so it was it was um, the right decision at the time and because of that it was easy to progress onwards <laughs> mm. so from that experience what would you like looking forwards if you had another relationship what would you what lessons from that experience would you take into this one um i would definitely listen to myself more and fight for what feels right for me rather than aiming for a compromise because some things you just shouldn't compromise on like your core values or you know what you believe is important because I think that's where a lot of problems arise is when people lessen themselves or ignore that certain part of mm. themselves uh, for the sake of someone else's uh, emotions um, and that's I guess when you're really in trouble because you're, you're never fully happy on the inside yeah. um, you're always kind of uh, what's the word feeling like you've uh, you've drawn the short straw in a way yeah uh, so yeah I would say to to have the confidence to to kind of stand by what you want and listen to what your inner voice is saying mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing that, Nat. Uh, Rick, do you have any extra questions? It's been a great episode. So what, what does the future hold for, for you, Nat, dating-wise? Are you on any of the apps or, you know, are you uh, just taking a break from everything at the moment? Uh, Shed some light. <laughs> uh, no apps um, and, yeah, just, just doing me. <laughs> Fair enough. And that's, and that's the thing, refining connection with oneself is what is most important at the end of the day. And when one is ready, one is ready for dating romantically and refining connection with others. So yeah, so ladies and gents, that is our episode. And we have gone through natural relationship theory very, very quickly. Yet again, we got the actual episode in our back catalog. Nat has explained her great story regarding just knowing, just knowing when the end is there, just knowing to be true to oneself when it comes to a relationship and essentially what the warning signs are when it comes to it. And I think that was explained quite eloquently, which is great. And obviously in true purpose hang time fashion, a quote is what we request from our guests. So Nat, what do you have for us today? Uh, today, I have a quote from Joy Bell C, who is an author of various philosophical works, and I'll read her quote as follows. You will find that it is necessary to let things go, simply for the reason that they are heavy. So let them go. Let go of them. I tie no weights to my ankles. Powerful, powerful quote. See, Ricks, you know what I said last that time is... about our guests killing us with quotes? That's a powerful one. That's that, a powerful that, one. That's one of the most uh, beautiful quotes I've ever heard. And here I am quoting Rocky, you know, so. <laughs> and the thing is, it encompasses everything that we have spoken about today. So at that point, I'd like to thank our guest, Nat. Thank you very much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you. It's been 
a great time in terms of just really, really delving through. And I hope it has been cathartic for you. And Ricks, obviously, great energy as per usual, coming in with the questions too. And on that note, Purpose Hang Time has finished with this episode. It has been great recording this one. And yeah, two guys and a lady, of course. <laughs> two guys and I guess shooting the breeze. <laughs> <laughs>